The following video is meant to educate as well as entertain consumers. While we do show short clips, these are used to highlight points being discussed with regard to mental health topics. We are licensed mental health counselors who utilize pop culture to educate people in a fun and amusing way with regard to mental health. What do you get when you take some therapists and put them in front of a screen? To watch something creeping back from childhood That shouldn't ever been for children and preteens They're gonna dive right in and reassess those flicks What's more scary and disturbing than you realize And gave you nervous tics They're the movies that traumatize us Yum yum Hey everybody! Welcome to the movies that traumatized us. We are here tonight with, uh, you know, the, you know, you, well, you saw the title line, right? You can get your girlfriend wet, but not, not this. Obviously, if you missed the first part of this, we're talking about gremlins tonight. Don't get your mogwai wet, whatever you do, because you will end up with monstrous little things. But anyways, I'm Sarah. We have our special guest with us tonight. This is Kai. He uh, had the unfortunate uh, journey of being able to sit and watch Gremlins with us. Um, and he had to live through that trauma all on its own. Uh, and, you know, down here tonight we have uh, Nikki, as always. I am sure that she will pop out and one of us will end up taking over two screens or both of us will take over a partial screen at some point in time. You know how that goes. Uh, but anyways, we're here to talk about Gremlins tonight and uh, how awesome how awesome Gremlins was. You know, uh, you know what we didn't talk about actually prior to us coming on when we were discussing things. Uh, this is the third movie that we have done that's had Corey Feldman in it. Right, right. <laughs> the third one with Corey, and we didn't even realize it until we're like, wait a minute. That's Corey Feldman in the exactly. Christmas. Exactly. So what were the other two? Uh, Lost Boys and Stand by Me. Okay. Whoa. My my screen, other things are taking over because my my taskbar isn't where it's supposed to be anymore. As long as you're not looking up Gremlins Roll Thirty Four, we're okay. No, no, we're not. That's that's not a thing. We 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 don't we don't do that. Not anymore. It's just not a thing. Okay. Once, once with Jeremy and Mrs. Brisby. Once. Never again. Okay. If you miss if you miss the Rats of Nim stream go back and watch it it's great it's a good stream okay yeah. it was great uh being here guys i have to go <laughs> okay so so one of the one of the many things you know uh we always dissect themes in movies but one of the things that we noticed um when we when we picked up gremlins and we started watching again is that once again we have uh these these running themes of an absentee dad uh child parentification um abused mom uh, at least it's not a missing mom this time. How many times right. have we had a dead or missing mom? You know, uh, this mom's a badass. <laughs> this mom is a badass. I mean, this this mom takes out her anger at her family situation. Like, she she makes me a little scared. I'm gonna be honest. Like the gremlins became stress relief. <laughs> they did. They honestly, I I I mean, and both of you feel free to disagree with me on this, but I really honestly feel like. Mom might have been scarier than any of the gremlins. You know, I, I think had they not had the massive fire in the theater, I feel like the women in gremlins would have had the higher body count. 
I can't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, I Billy definitely had the bigger body count because he blew up the theater. The but before that, Billy hadn't killed a single one, and Mom had already fucking whacked five. And his girlfriend were like, <laughs> she was taking him out at the bar. Oh, yeah. That's right. She was like, well, but, but she, she was getting him loaded. She was like, here, have all the booze. But you know what? You know what? I the one clip I forgot was her trauma, her Santa trauma story. I just oh, now remembering wow. it. Oh my god, the one with her dad. We we'll just have to talk about that one. Yeah, we'll just have to talk about that. I don't want to spoil it for anybody if you guys don't remember it. Uh, when we get to around that part of the movie, which I think is going to be around clip eight or nine. It's near. It's 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 like. I was right before. Is it? It's right before they go in the theater, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which is that's that's clip ten for us. So like eight or nine is about when. Look at that. Eight or nine is about when when it happens. When she talks about it, we'll talk about it then. That was some. That was some messed up stuff, actually. That yeah, that that was some pretty scarring trauma. That that was that was harrowing, actually. Like when you think about it. All right. So before we get off on too much of a of a thing here, let's. Let's go ahead and get our first uh, media scene up. This is when Mr. Peltzer, this is Billy's dad, uh, I believe uh, goes to the, uh, the kind of oriental hodgepodge store. I don't, I don't know what else to call it. Um, yeah, he's in Chinatown? He's in Chinatown. Uh, and, you know, he's trying to... I, well, I'm going to say hawk. But he's trying to sell one of his inventions. Uh and, the bathroom break. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, it's you guys will see. You guys will see. A recurring theme throughout the whole movie. Yes, it is a recurring theme throughout the whole movie. You, you guys will see what I'm talking about. I tried this one place. Hey, wait a minute. What's down here? This is it. This is your grandfather's store? Yeah. Come on. No wonder you gotta drag people in off the street. I mean, head down these dark, scary stairs. Right. Well, go ahead, mister. Look around. See if there's something you like. Right. And that really isn't a good business model, though. We just pull people off the street to go into a random bric-a-brac store. I mean, it's a good business model if you're in the model of, I don't know, getting murdered. Or being the murderer. Are these things Maybe real? Maybe Mr. Wing is I slightly cannibalistic. Everything's real. People in here. Well, friends, you do have awesome. a lot of interesting artifacts here, but there's one thing you don't have. And what's that? And the sales pitch. Let me pitch. show you. I got it right here. I'm an inventor. I made this the bathroom buddy. It's the invention of the century, friends. It eliminates the, the need to carry heavy luggage That's and things so when you bulky. travel. And you got yourself your shaving cream. No one wants to carry that. You got yourself you store all that toothpaste. You got yourself there toothpick. You got and shaving cream. He eventually puts that in there, too. Nail That's right. File. He does get shaving cream. And you got yourself there. a dental mirror. This is like a fair... This is going to revolutionize uh, traveling. But... Uh, now, let's just say for the sake of argument... How would you... That you're on a bus or a plane or a train. What's you funny is no one is seeing you on camera looking like you, you have this huge cylindrical object going into your mouth. He always starts his pitch the same way, too. Do? Yeah. No Let me tell you what you do. <laughs> All you do is you take your toothbrush out. He's like, let's say you you're doing this. 
that's no problem. Okay? I think in the no 80s, they, for people Clean who were salespeople, they had now, to practice like to do, their sir, pitch. like to give you my card. And I remember vacuum salespeople having similar pitches. World. I make the illogical I logical. Now, sir, I can get you. And they would put dirt on your carpet. by the dozen, if you like. Cue <laughs> it up. Okay, so one of the things that I want to point out here that I that's really interesting is the end of his sales pitch more than anything i make the illogical logical and this whole movie is a lesson in non-logical things <laughs> i just want to point that out like that's such a big piece of foreshadowing but it doesn't even fit because you just watch him give this huge sale pitch you watch his invention go totally awry and spray a very liquidy toothpaste all over his suit and he's just like oh yeah it's, it's no problem that's no problem i'll get that fixed. i'll get that fixed yeah. i feel I like they just logical, purposefully logical. so it didn't stain or anything <laughs> they could do multiple takes right right well you notice like after he like wiped it off there's nothing left on his suit mm-hmm. there's not even a smear like the toothpaste didn't even smear like so we were talking earlier about continuity errors so continuity errors not not one you would have noticed in your kid anyways we'll, we'll finish out this scene and then and then we'll, we'll dissect it a little bit more but i just think it's really funny because there's a big piece of foreshadowing right there about the illogical becoming logical and that's what happens in this movie in a lot of ways what do you think what do you think where's that coming from now, I've only been to, like, a Chinatown in Boston, and that was just to a restaurant. Do, like, the shops even look remotely like this? No. No. Having been to several Chinatowns, no. I can say emphatically, no. What is it? And do they sell odd mythological creatures? What's he doing? Not that I have ever seen. However, I've he never gone sometimes. into a shop that was in the deep, darkest alley recesses in Chinatown. Perhaps I can I go down the right He's sentence. incredible. Tell you what I'll do. I'll give also, you a hundred dollars. I just want to point out, this is where no. Furbies came from. This Look, is I've got to have him. It's a present for my Furby. son for Christmas. It's exactly True. what I've been looking for, and I've been everywhere. I'll give you $200. I give the kid, the kid in the, in, That's $200. And Mr. Wing knows exactly what a Mogwai is, Mogwai, but it's like, not for sale. everyone else in the movie just is like kind of impressed, but also just seem seemingly incredibly underwhelmed by this thing that supposedly like no one's ever seen before. I cannot right? sell him. There's right? Cool, like nobody's ever surprised by it. Not like, oh my God, what the hell is this thing? Where did you find this? Is it a rat? Wait outside a moment. I'll be right out. Then you have like the, you have the kid that's like trying to undercut his grandfather. <laughs> well, yeah, he's not even trying to undercut his grandfather. He's just like two hundred. This is like nineteen okay, what eighty two. Here it is, two hundred yeah. dollars. That's a lot of money. Give me like two hundred dollars, man. Like two hundred dollars. Now come on, you want for a guy who is like a salesman, he's isn't really good at buying things because he immediately Mister, doubles his offer. There's three rules you've got to follow. Yeah, right. He didn't haggle a whole Keep lot. Out of the light. So here's the interesting thing about how the the grandson is telling Mr. Peltzer about the rules that they're supposed to follow, which are essentially like boundaries and things for the the Mogwai. He never tells them the consequences of the behavior, like what would actually happen if these things occur. 
Okay, so that's a really good point, right? He sets the boundary and he sets the expectation, but he doesn't explain what any of it will do. Like, my expectation of you is to follow these rules. These are the rules. All of these rules are the boundaries. Don't do these things. And whatever you do, for God's sake, don't feed them after midnight. But here's the other thing. Mr. Peltzer never says, why? Why shouldn't I feed them after midnight? This like, is true. He doesn't say why. He just goes on about his business. He doesn't wonder at all. He's just like, oh, yeah, that's like, that's easy enough. Don't get them wet. Don't feed them after midnight. I got this. No big deal. He almost acts as if he barely even heard him. Right. Because he just wanted the, the cute little fluffy creature to bring home to his son. Okay, well, you bring up a really good point, Kai. He acts like he barely even heard him. But that's just it. Peltzer never listens to anybody. He doesn't listen to his family. He doesn't listen to, like... He, all he's listening to is his internal desire, his internal monologue about what it is that he wants. Oh, I mean, I really want this thing for my son because if I bring my son this thing, it's okay that he keeps doing all these other things for us, right? Because Billy is the one pushing the family along. He's the one keeping the family in the house. He's the one keeping food on the table. He's the one doing all the work. So where did that $200 come from? I mean, Billy, I wonder if Billy gives his dad an allowance. He's like, you did good today, Dad. You did your chores. Here's here's $100. Good job, Dad. Good job. Like, I don't know. Maybe Mr. Peltzer manages to hawk a few of his inventions beforehand. I mean, what? He's got the juicer thing that somehow, I just got to say, I don't even know if we have a clip of it. I just got to say, Mr. Peltzer's juicer is fantastic. That thing keeps producing juice after one orange goes into it. It makes like a gallon of juice from one orange. Whatever that man did for that invention is just bonkers. Like he 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 was he. I mean, that man crafted gold. <laughs> one orange gallon of orange juice. He needs to be making something. I mean, it's like the only invention he has that's any good, and it's. You know, I, I mean, I'm saying that very facetiously, obviously, because... The the egg thing seemed to work all right, too. The egg thing? Which one was that? Like, the eggs... Like, they had, like, the water uh, bird that would use, like, go into the water and back up. But it did that with the eggs for it to go down. Yeah, it had, like, the eggs on a rack, and then the, the bird beak would come down and crack an egg. But then, like, all the eggs would fall in. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, she, she, she forgot about the part where all the eggs just fall in. Like, it looks yeah. good at first. Like, one egg comes down, and it's like, and then all of a sudden, all the eggs go. <laughs> See, he's, he's just not a fabricator. He's an inventor, but he needs he needs to just hire somebody to fabricate his ideas for him. Yep. Maybe, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's not just, just hear me out. Just hear me out. Maybe before Billy went into banking, Billy was his fabricator. That's a very young fabricator. I mean, I could see Billy, like, drawing the things that he has in his head. I don't know about actually putting it together. Sorry, say that Say that one more time for me. said, I could see Billy, like, drawing and drafting the designs, but I can't see him putting it together. Maybe. I mean, I guess I could see that, too. But... Just like his inventions, his parenting skills are just not quite there. It's just, just, just a little bit broken. I, I, I would agree with that, and we'll actually see that uh, in our in our third scene when um, 
Billy gets his present from his dad because his dad like just doesn't even like doesn't have answers for him. He's just like, isn't it great, son? <laughs> Here are the three things you can't do. Don't do these things. I don't know why, but isn't it great? Look at it. Yeah, go ahead, pick it up. I think Billy did ask why, and he's like, mm. <laughs> you know, you you might very well be right. I don't remember if he did or not, but it's very possible. So this next scene, actually, we meet one of the other kind of like, I mean, obviously the gremlins are the antagonists in, in the movie, but there's a couple of characters that act as early antagonists in the movie. Um, and and it actually, they, they exist to sort of make you root for the gremlins when the gremlins get these people, because these people are just terrible. This one is the most terrible of them. She is like grade A horrible human being. And this really is probably our first real moment of trauma in this movie. Unless you're me and you're arachnophobic and then it was all the spiders in the freaking Chinatown shop. Like, I just, that's too much for me. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, this lady, I don't even know how to describe her. We're just, we're just gonna, I'm just gonna show you guys the clip and let you judge for yourselves. Do we have the whole, like, like the whole, like, crazy murder rant that she goes on here? Uh, probably. I didn't watch the whole thing all the way through. I'm hoping it is, because then you guys will really see what I'm talking about when it comes to this, this lady. This lady is great A, like, so, do we go, we're past where he meets his neighbor while he's trying to fix his car? Yeah, 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 we don't have that scene, so this is, so, so, oh, that means we're missing the rant about gremlins. Yeah, he makes the, the foreshadow. Yeah, he starts the foreshadow about the gremlins. Okay, so, right after, after this, uh, we fast forward a little bit to uh actually this is where we're missing the egg scene too i can't i can't get everything man <laughs> i know i know you do a good job so this is see that kai brings this up this is really good um and the his neighbor um man murray murray yeah yeah um he he kind of chastises billy because billy drives a volkswagen bug and, you know, anything about the old bugs, like when I was a kid growing up, we used to laugh and say all you needed to fix a bug was a sledgehammer and some duct tape. Right? Mm -hmm. If it won't start, just smack it with a sledgehammer, duct tape, whatever's broken together, and you drive away and it'll be fine. So Billy can't get his bug to start. This is, I think, where did we decide they were? Chicago? Yeah, somewhere. Uh, I, I well, want to get back to New York at some point. It's, it's Chicago. Gremlins 2 takes place in New York. Pretty sure Gremlins 1 takes place in Chicago. I could be wrong. Maybe... No, no. They have to take place in the same place. So maybe it is still New York. Maybe it's upstate. Anyways, whatever the case may be, irre irrelevant. Uh, Mickey's getting attacked by a gremlin right now. Yes. yes. Um, this is the Albino gremlin. <laughs> it's cold outside. You know, it's winter time. Sub-zero temps. His car doesn't want to start. He's trying to fix it. Murray comes along and basically chastises him about foreign cars and gremlins. And how foreign vehicles are just full of gremlins, and they get up and they come into the U.S. And then you got gremlins in the U.S. I I mean, it's a pretty like foreshadowy racist rant. Let's be honest. And he's drunk. Like Murray's like the town drunk. Yeah, he demands hitting the bottle all the time. All the it's pretty much your typical American of today. Wow. Man, and I thought we said some bad things. <laughs> okay, I say we, and really what I mean is me. I thought I said some bad things. <laughs> I think Murray, he had PTSD, because I think he talked about Vietnam a lot. He did. 
Murray definitely had PTSD. Drinking was his coping mechanism. Um, we actually just did a huge class on, on drinking and how, you know, alcoholism and, and, and using, you know, addictive behaviors can be a coping mechanism. Murray's coping mechanism was to drink. He did try to do good things for the town, just in his <laughs> own kind of drunkard, racist way. Um, you know, he, he always had a snowplow to always try to keep his neighbor's driveways clear. And, and when I say snowplow, he actually drove a giant front loader around. It was, it's a big, it's a big ass track. Um, With lights, it had Christmas lights. Yes, it did have Christmas lights on it. He was very festive. I'm still trying to figure out exactly how he powered his Christmas lights on that tractor. Did they have, did he have a cigarette lighter? <laughs> no, it's a tractor. Tractors don't have cigarette lighters. It's the 80s. You live in a small enough town, you can get around with a tractor. Everything had a cigarette lighter in the 80s. I've been in plenty of tractors from that time period, and I never once saw a cigarette lighter in a tractor. I'm justifying it. I don't care if it's wrong. <laughs> I think there that tiny demon gremlins in this movie, I think and you're that, worried about how they powered the lights. Well, you know what? Listen, okay? The, the scientist in me says... He doesn't have a light plug on that. So what was Murray like secretly an electrical engineer and he like stripped the wires on his lights and wired them up to the battery on his tractor and was like, look at that, Ma, I got Christmas lights. Maybe in a sober moment before the DTs set in with the shakes. I just need a couple more minutes, man. Just a couple more minutes. All right. Let's go to Mrs. Deagle. Let's get up. Alcoholism is a very real disease. We are not making light of it. We are not. That is absolutely true. We are not. We are not. We are making light of Mr. Murray because, you know, this is a comedy. This is a horror comedy, guys. It's a horror comedy. Run run with it. We're just... Is it like one of the first ones with critters and ghoulies in that kind of genre? Yeah. Yeah. One of the first ones with critters and ghoulies in that kind of genre? So. All right. Let's listen to Mrs. Deagle go on her, like, terrible murder rant. This is what's left of my imported Bavarian snowman. Your dog broke it this morning. My imported Bavarian snowman. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Just tell me how much I owe you. Why would you be importing a snowman from Bavaria? I want your dog. Barney? Honestly, I feel like she was lying about it being from Bavaria. I'll take him to the kennel. They'll put him to sleep. It'll be quick and painless compared to what I could do to him. What could you do? I'll catch the beast myself. Then you'll get what he deserves. A slow, painful death. Maybe I'll put him in my spin dryer on high heat. That'll do it all right. Horrible, horrible person. Yeah, attack her fluffy. <laughs> her fluffy? Yeah. Attack her fluffy. That's right. Attack it. I'm just saying, like, I'm still pretty sure that even in the early 80s, the mid 80s, you could have pressed charges for that. That was some straight up, like, animal cruelty she was talking about. And serial killer gonna kill the dog in a dryer. And she enjoyed it. No shit. That look on her face. 
what I could do to him. I'd catch the beast myself. Maybe put him in my spin dryer on high heat. <laughs> like, like so, she was she was down with that idea, man. Before I say this, I want to preface it that we are an adult stream. Um, <laughs> oh boy. It's it's like she gets off on it, like she masturbates to what she's gonna do to torture animals and people. Yeah, which is some straight up next level serial killer shit. Right? Wrong. Like they, they, the lead up to her walking into the bank there too. Like the music that they played even had that like almost sinister. Like you know this is a bad woman, and then she like she almost got off on telling the she had the. the confronted a mother with her two kids just saying oh please give us a little more time to to pay off our, our house note and don't don't kick us out and she's just like i'm in the business of making money and then just is like now you know what to ask santa for christmas <laughs> right like this woman is evil like she's like she's like scrooge level evil without mm -hmm. the change of heart because the gremlins fucking kill her ass <laughs> like, well, spoilers we're, we're going to go through all the ghosts. We're not even going to do the ghosts. We're just going to... We're going <laughs> to... They, they straight up ghost to Christmas future her ass right out the window. Turn her into <laughs> and they laugh ghost. about it. They, you know, they do. Like, they laugh hysterically. Like, the gremlin laugh is one of my most favorite laughs. I'm just going to... Because they're always just like... Yeah! <laughs> like, they love it. They love it so much. Like, they just take... like. So here's the thing, like, the gremlins are clearly evil, but they're mischievous evil, and they, like, they're, like, so are they, like, they're, like, neutral evil or chaotic no, they're evil? Like, they're, like, chaotic evil. They're very chaotic. They're, right? they're totally chaotic evil, but the thing is, is that, like, at the same time, they're not... They're not thinking about what they're doing as being evil deeds. Let's let's point that out. Like they're just being mischievous. Not not that I'm trying to justify their evilness, but they really are just like for them they're just being mischievous. That's why everything for them is a joke. They don't realize how dangerous what they're doing is. They they don't have that that understanding. I feel Stripe had that malicious cognitive ability. Stripe, yes, but Stripe was clearly the more intelligent of all of the gremlins. Yeah, I was gonna. I was also gonna say that Stripe. Stripe had the motive. Stripe had the motive. Stripe knew what he needed to do to make things worse for everybody. Like he Stripe, and you. And I'll point this out. We'll we'll get to this a little bit later, but we'll talk about this and we're kind of on it for the moment. Stripe. Stripe ruled the roost. You you never see Stripe do any dirty work other than when he shoots Billy, and when he jumps into the pool and the water fountain. That's it. Everything else is done by all the others. Stripe is basically the ringleader, and he tells everyone else what to do without getting his hands dirty himself. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that's that's intelligence. I agree. That's that's the kind of shit that makes Stripe scary because Stripe actually knows what he's doing. Everybody else is just following along. Stripe Stripe knew. Like like Kai's right. Stripe Stripe had all the motive. He knew. He knew what he was up to. He knew what he was about. He he's definitely the evil one, but you know we see that plenty. But Mrs. Deagle was 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 just that woman is straight evil. She's she's like evil incarnate next to Stripe. Like she's probably the most. 
they're like the two most evil people in this show. And they never really seem to explore why she is the way she is. Maybe it's be- she lives alone, doesn't she, with with her yeah, cats, she, basically? She owns most of the town. I, I'm trying to remember when you see her later in her house, there's nobody else there. It's just her. So I it's think she's just a lonely woman. It's just her and her cats. She's definitely like a lonely, cranky pants. Um, I think her husband, because there was a picture of him, because um, there was something about her husband in the bank. And she does own majority of the town that they live in. That's crazy. Yeah, I just wondered if there was a reason why she acted the way she did. But we didn't never really explore her backstory too hard. I I mean, that's 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 fair. That's fair. They really don't explore her backstory too hard. I mean, they really don't explore too many people's backstories. Let's be honest. This is definitely a true 80s movie in the terms of, like, here's all of our superficial characters. Run! <laughs> and go. So, um, our next scene actually is is finally when we start getting to the meat of the movie. Um, we've kind of had our character set up at this point. We've met all of the major like characters we're gonna see throughout the movie at this point. Um, except for of course the gremlins who are the stars of the show. But um, we've pretty much met everybody else, including uh, Reinhold. Reinhold. Is he? Is he? No. No. Bill, what's Billy's friend's name played by Corey? Well, Corey Feldman is the other kid. He comes in after Billy meets Gizmo. I was talking about, uh, isn't it, isn't it Reinhold? Isn't that who plays the bank manager? Possibly. The assistant? Yeah. Yeah, the one who's like in all the 80s movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I looked it up the night we all watched it. I just can't remember now off the top of my head. Um, but anyways, this is, this is when Billy meets... Gizmo. And I think this might be the only other, like, genuine what-is-it reaction that comes out of this movie. Everybody else, you notice, has, like, just... Throughout the movie, all of the characters have, like, this really flat affect. They don't have any emotion. They aren't surprised. Not even the cops. It's just like, well, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Apparently, this is something that should exist. Apparently, in this world, it is something that exists. Uh, not as true, but this world also has uh, E.T. in it. Which means this world also has Yoda in it. There, There is the reference to E.T. in this movie. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, let's take a look at uh, Billy meeting Gizmo. The bathroom, buddy? Oh, great. Thanks, guys. What is it, a birdcage? No, 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 don't shake it. We're gonna have to open it now. It won't wait till Christmas. It. This, ladies and gentlemen, is why you don't give puppy, live animals as presents. Mm. Yeah, it is. I can tell. At I'm least not car. wrapped up. <laughs> I feel like. Bonnie, would you dim the lights, please? Sure. Dim the lights. Dad, what does it do? Glow in the dark? It's important. Trust me. <laughs> Go ahead, open it. That yeah, that remote for the light. Something else. Well, I didn't know, right? <laughs> what is it? No. It's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog. I mean, the dog's really the only one that's like, what is this? Why is it there? 
Are you kidding? Dad, it's, it's really neat. Where did you get this? Awesome little junk store in Chinatown. Can I pick him up, Dad? Sure, go ahead. Just you be careful. You think that will make us careful. millions of dollars? I hope he's housebroken. Mm. Mom's worry. Is it housebroken? Has it got a name, Dad? Yeah, Mogwai. What? Mogwai. I don't know, some Chinese word. I just call him Gizmo. He seems to like it. Mogwai. So, yeah. You know, every time I see Gizmo's face, I'm reminded just how fucking creepy they are. The thing talked right there in the scene, and no one batted an eyelash. Oh, I know! <laughs> but I'm it's sorry. Like, it doesn't matter how, how like... No. It's just, they're so creepy. It's not even cute. I, I don't care what anybody says. It's not cute. Mogwai are not cute. Gizmo, Gizmo is not cute. I just praise them for their use of practical effects. This is one of Thank the last you. eras where they do it. Thank you. We all know I'm a practical effects junkie. We all know <laughs> how much I like practical effects. Anybody that's watched this show knows how much I like practical effects. I harp on practical effects all the time. So thank you. Thank you. I feel validated for my love of practical effects. Giz Gizmo's like a failed Jim Henson Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> what? Listen, like listen kids, I'm sorry. This one can't make it to Sesame Street. Uh, so, uh, and it's it's not good enough for the Muppet Show. But we'll throw it in this movie. Look at it its own movie. Wow. A failed Jim Henson Muppet. A failed Jim Henson Muppet. It's a horror movie. Oh, no, it's, thank you. Thank you. That was That was great. That was fantastic. I need I needed that. Can't put this thing in the dark crystal. Give it its own film. Can't put this thing in the dark crystal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> ah. True. True enough. True enough. I mean, let's let's be honest. They that it was not. I I I don't care what anybody says. And I'm gonna be honest. Even when I was a kid, I I, I did think I thought Gizmo was cute when I was a kid. I, I can't lie about that. But now, as like as an adult, I look at Gizmo and I'm like, "You are not cute. You literally look like somebody sneezed on your face and just spread it around to make your lips like no. Like it's 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 so bad. Like it's just so terrible. Anyhow, anyhow, all of that aside, he really needs Gizmo. He's the only one who's genuinely like. Oh my god, what what is this thing? Like what is this thing that is popping out of the box and and staring at me with like weird big eyes and snotty lips like uh, but nobody else even mom, mom isn't surprised. She's like, "Oh, I just hope it's house trained." Cuz mom is probably up on fucking Xanax trying to deal with the fact that what her husband's doing. This so he's the, This is the 80s. Mom didn't have Xanax. She was straight up taking benzos. Well, okay, whatever. Valium, whatever she was prescribed, <laughs> taking that mixed with a cock, you know, she was taking the housewife cocktail of 
two of whatever. That's true. She couldn't get a hold of laudanum anymore, so she she was taking her two every day. <laughs> so and, um, and two fingers she, in the snifter, like. <laughs> she she's off. She's a housewife. It seems pr pretty obvious, but she she does the cooking and the cleaning at home, and she she raised Billy. But like Billy's basically an adult now. And so she doesn't work. So she seems like, other than taking care of the house duties, she has a lot of free time. So that might help alleviate some of her stress. I mean, she probably double clicks the mouse a lot too. With an invention that her husband made. <laughs> Look, it's the double dildo extender, honey. Now, no, with, the new, now with the new vibration feature. You know what you don't have? The bedroom, buddy. <laughs> Look, see? Oh what you got right here is your standard dildo head, but if you give it a twist like this, you'll notice now it's got ridges. <laughs> it's ribbed for your pleasure. <laughs> now, see? You think that's the end of it, but it's really not. See, if you pop this cap off right here, you just insert two C batteries just like this, pop that cap back on, give it a little twist, now it vibrates all over the place. And you'll notice that it's still kind of rubbery and floppy. It's nice and nice. And you know, if things get a little tight and some friction, it's got its own lube that's going to come out. Right here, see this little button on the side right here? It's just hidden away a little bit for your pleasure. And you just fry it like that and a little bit of lube squirts out. Well, don't worry about that. No problem at all. No problem at all. We'll get that fixed. I'm not a part of this. <laughs> and this... This is why Kai is only our second guest on this show. <laughs> Kai, you're not down with the bedroom buddy? Come on, bedroom buddy. Not, what if not Mr. When, Peltzer made a bedroom buddy for men? There, there will be some lawsuits for missing, <laughs> missing genitalia. Oh, and what if this theme song was like the My Buddy doll? My Buddy... <laughs> My buddy. My buddy. Bedroom buddy. The bedroom buddy at me. It's too early to be going off the rails. It is not. No, it's it really not, not early. It is not early. And it's definitely not too early to be going off the rails. This is this is what we do. Did you forget what stream this is? Come on now. Yeah, could you imagine if he made a, a My Bedroom Buddy? Like, but made a My Bedroom Buddy for, for men. I wouldn't use it. I would be terrified of it. I wouldn't use but it could have some really special features. Like shocking you to death? <laughs> oh boy. I mean, I can think of a few, but we'll leave them off the stream. We'll, we'll talk nope. about that after the fact. <laughs> they had a little bit... Of, they, they showed it in that scene, but they really showed it earlier when Billy came home and then, then, the, scene, then the dad came home of the sword falling off the wall. Also, like... They have swords and, like, a shield on their wall, which is, you know, you don't really see that everywhere. Yeah, that's true. They do have a coat of arms on their wall. Well, it's not even a coat of arms. It's just two swords and a shield. Yeah, it's the like sword falling off of them, foreshadowing, using yeah, it like later. Yeah, like, it's supposed to be a coat of arms, but it's really not. Well, I just want to point out that this next scene, uh, you know, Billy's going to get Gizmo wet. I, I don't, you know. That's horrible phrasing. Are we still doing phrasing? <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> So, uh, wait, you know what? It's not even Billy. Billy's not the one who gets Gizmo wet. Let's be let's be fair. 
It's Corey no. Feldman's character that gets Gizmo wet. And, he and doesn't I just want you to know that he is constantly asking, where can I get one of these? And then he has them, and he doesn't even take one. Right? Alright, let's, let's watch this scene. Can I hold him? Sure. I don't see why not. He seems to like you. Great. Thanks a lot. Sorry. This is so much pain! What's in that jar? Nothing, just water. Oh my god, that face! You're making a noise. Yep. It looks like this is pure torture. What is it? I know. Not only that, but did you notice that his ass was steaming? Yep. And like this ugly, like. You know what Mogwai are? Mogwai are just triples that have to get wet, and they have these faces. They are triples with faces. <laughs> but they are triples with faces. <laughs> The science behind this is, seems pretty amazing because it's things like converting water into pure energy. Right. That asexual reproduction right there. Right. Reproduction. Just add water. <laughs> <laughs> the way their ears unfold and reveal their faces is uh, is a little bit creepy. Or, uh, yes. That the tongue. Oh. The tongue is fucking creepy. Ah! One, two, three, four, five. No, wait until we get to the chicken part. That's good. Now can I have one? Oh, I don't know, Pete. Hey, look, that one's got a cute little stripe on its head. Oh, you did ask for one there. There's stripe. He's gonna fight it. I mean, don't you think this is... This is incredible. Oh, he is neat. I was gonna go back to my 3D comic. <laughs> my 3D but he's comic. He's so unimpressed. He, he no, is no, though. Really. But when, so Billy says this is incredible, and he says, "No, it isn't. It really isn't." <laughs> he's like, "It really isn't." I'm like, "How is that not incredible, man?" Oh wait, we do see here though that Stripe is already kind of malicious. He's a dick. Stripe is a great big dick. If they had them, I'm sure he would. You know, I can't even make cloaca jokes because they have no reproductive genitalia. Their reproductive genitalia is whatever part of their body got wet. Exactly. Could you imagine if it was just his face? I mean, their mouths do kind of look like a cloaca. <laughs> ah, that's it. I feel like Kai is now officially... In, in the zone of the stream. <laughs> they are gross. Well, yeah, they're all, like, wet and slobbery around the lips. And, like, just, they're, like, always, like, mm. We're gonna make these into toys and sell millions of them. Right? Call them first. Notice how they leave all the spit and mucus out of when they make the toy, though. Well, yeah. but not only that, but you notice how all the spit and mucus doesn't cause them to reproduce. I know. Not, nor does the snow or drinking alcohol. <laughs> Right. No, drinking alcohol, no, no sn drink snow doesn't... Alcohol. These are some of the continuity errors in the movie, right? Snow, which is just water, 
crystallized water uh, doesn't cause them to reproduce. Alcohol, which is water, water. <laughs> like doesn't cause them to reproduce. Just oh, yeah. But but chlorinated pool water. That that causes them to like damn near explode with reproductive power. Stripe has a litter of a like over a thousand. <laughs> but but then I asked the question again, where are the thousand mogwai? And then finally, like it seems like the only things that ever make them reproduce are, are that and like some dirty paint water. Oh, and the dropper of water from the science teacher. Oh, yeah, science teacher is like, oh, one little drop of water. Let me see what that does. Doesn't and he, he gets do that to the... Is it the... Well, Billy, Billy's the one that puts the dropper on in the show, the teacher. Okay. That's right. That's right. But then the teacher's the one who, like, leaves his sandwich too close to the cage. Yep. He, he asks if he can keep him overnight. And then he's just sitting there. He, like, takes his blood. He's like, oh, you won't miss this. And, you know, you can tell the, the Mogwai that's in the cage is a little pissed off at him. My he favorite thing, though, is when that right Mogwai gets the cage. his revenge as a, as a gremlin and he fucking sticks him with a needle at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's in the cocoon part. Well, yeah, probably. Uh, in terms of the, the clips? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's really great about that, though, is, I, I, and I do want to point this out, What's really great about that is it shows that they carry over. They have holdover information. So the thing it's is, still the same being. Well, yeah, they're still the same being, but it's cloned out of, it's still like that being was cloned out of Gizmo. All the other ones were cloned out of Gizmo too. I wonder if there's ever any carryover between like the Mogwai breeding. So like when a Mogwai has more Mogwai, do they carry over some of the memories from that Mogwai? If when they cocoon up, they still carry over their memories. Do they? It's, I don't it's, think so. It's interesting because when they, you know, become fully developed in a matter of seconds, um, they already have, like, sentient intelligence to talk. Right? Move and do all these things. It's like, oh, yeah, you just literally cloned yourself with a little bit off. That's that's why I wonder if they have some of those memories, some of the some of that transfers over with them because they obviously carry over the ability to be instantly ready to go for life they don't have a learning period right and there's and i don't i know we talked about it before stream i don't think we said it on here but there's it's only one in a thousand mogwai that are good-natured which explains why gizmo is good-natured and the rest of them are assholes <laughs> but then i asked the follow-up question of when Stripe jumps into the pool and breeds like a thousand others, where's the good one? I, you know what? That's another continuity error that was explained in the book, but not in the movie. The cocooning phase just seems like an evolutionary state, like the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. Right. Basically, like, the Pokemon leveled up and now it's evolving. Exactly. They're like Pokemon. Specifically like Charizard. Except really fucking evil Pokemon. <laughs> I'll be waiting for Gremlins 3 where Gizmo turns into an actual Gremlin. Legit. Would you have to force feed him though? Because Gizmo seems to be pretty aware of what time it is. 
I bet he would do it if one of his family, if it was the only way he could save his family. He needs the gremlin powers. Mm -hmm. But then you know what would happen? They would give him some way to revert. Because that, I mean, we just would have to be that cheesy. Well, it's, we can't leave him this way. He's got to turn back into a cute, good mogwai. I mean, they could make up whatever they wanted, really, because those rules are so loose as it is. They could just come up with new ones. That's what she said. With the bedroom buddy. Well, meanwhile, back at the last unicorn. What's our next clip? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so our next clip is uh, <clears throat> is the chicken scene. I, I hope, my viewers out there, uh, I hope that you have steeled your stomachs for the chicken scene. Uh, this scene is, is quite... Uh, it's gross. Quite gross. It's, Setting it's not that up like the chicken fast. scene from the fifth element, you know, where Lilu slams the microwave shut and goes, chicken good. No, it's not. It's not that. It's, it's, this is terrible. This is terrible. Uh, they had already tied up his dog, right? Yes. Yeah. They already Shibari and like shibari the dog and, you know, suspended the dog with the Christmas lights. Uh, and I, I don't remember. We saw who chewed through the, the, uh, cord for the clock. No. Didn't we? No, they didn't show that. They didn't. We didn't know about the clock because when he saw the clock, we also, as the audience, assumed that right. it was before midnight. Yeah. Either way, I really feel like feeding them at like four minutes to midnight or whatever it was is still really cutting it kind of close. It was like eleven forty-five. Yeah. Oh, really irresponsible. It, yeah. Right. Because like, what if they like had it like when you see the way these things eat. Even if that was the correct time, they would have had scraps of food left over in their their box. He kept them in a box. They really, like, this kind of almost animal abuse. The dog being tied up is, like, the really first time you really got the sense of, like, something's really wrong here with these guys. Because we know that they, they, they tied the dog up. Or it could have been Mrs. Deagle is probably what they were foreshadowing with Mrs. Deagle and hating his dog. Oh, that's true. That's true. So he probably thought it was Mrs. Deagle. Right. Or one of the minions that did it and not the Mogwai. Right. Alright, well let's check out the chicken scene because this is this is terrifying. They're like huge sea pods. This must be the way that potty in my closet was formed. It's even Why, watching something gross. Look at that combustion. <laughs> Pretty neat, huh? We missed that's the whole even, Burger that's King. That's not even going back earlier. to the original formula. That's still the new Coke formula. That hey, what is with you guys? How about shutting up for a change, okay? I already fed you. I mean, he has outright favoritism for Gizmo, though. Gizmo's up on the bed, reading a comic. Yeah, they're stuffed in a cardboard box. Yet. All right. Keep an eye on him, Giz. I'll be back in a second. So it's like 25 minutes to midnight. So it's 
just tired of hearing them complain. He's already hurt Gizmo. He's just not a really good caretaker. <laughs> He's not. Gizmo's like, they're your problem now, man. You spilled water on me, asshole. Here we go. <laughs> well, maybe you guys will be quiet. I can't. God, it's so just... I can't. Horrifying. You guys are really hungry. Oh. Hey, Giz, you want some? So gross. You want some chicken? No? Giz was like, get that shit away from me. If you go back to his look, like when he saw them starting to eat, it's like a parent watching their, their toddler eat going, ugh. Why are you doing that? I know. The french fry does not go up your nose. Stop. That's it, good buddy. Oh, and oh, here's nice. the scientist, or the high school science teacher. Yeah. He's already drawn his blood, so he's the Mogwai's already Ooh. mad at him. Right. Look at that evil face. Oh, yeah. That is a sinister looking face right there. But, like, he leaves the sandwich there, like... Like, it's half-eaten sandwich. Like, that's so sloppy. Who does that? That's how you get ants. You want ants? This is how you get ants. Yum, yum. Maybe he was yum, leaving yum. a for janitor. Maybe they have a relationship like that, where they share sandwiches. Oh my god, I forgot Gizmo's face right here. Uh-huh. He's got his O face on. <laughs> Not the good O face. Yeah, that that face was 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 something else. I'm I'm just saying, that that was that was something else. That face was. Mugwai and the chicken. Ugh. It's like terrified and passing out. Right, right. Looks well, like he already knows what's coming. He's like, "Had you idiot! I can't believe you didn't figure this out." He's like, I have to get sleep now because I won't for the next couple days. I know I am about to be brutally tortured by my offspring that popped out of my back like some kind of weird zit. <laughs> I wonder if it had happened before. I wonder if it had happened before. You know, that's a really good that's a really good thought question. Had it happened to Gizmo before? Cause it almost seems like it has. Like he's so nonchalant about it though, which also makes me think Gizmo really isn't that good of a like Mogwai. Like he's kind of just like, yeah, I'm not gonna participate in this, but go, my children, wreak havoc, bring destruction. Or, or he's kind of like, you know, stupid human. You were told the rules. You made your choices. Now I'm out. <laughs> well, but think about it though. If you're talking about species propagation and the ability to survive. It would make sense for the good ones to always be like, oh, no, 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 I don't want any part of that. But secretly be like, go, my children, go, do the things, go be evil, it's fine. But, but they secretly are just like, oh, no, don't, no, no, no. Like, they just got, they have to be cute, right? So the humans protect them. Otherwise, humans, let's talk about us as a species, right? We're, we would have eradicated every single mogwai. Cute. So what I, Cute. what I hear you saying is that Gizmo is like Machiavellian in his schemes. 
You got it. You got it. Well, because think about it, right? Human, if babies, right? Babies is a perfect example. Babies are cute. We're hardwired to love things with big eyes and small faces. Right. But if those things are evil, we will still curb stomp them. Humans, humans are pretty vicious. And if we think something is bad, we will curb stomp that into the ground. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong, chat. Somebody here tell me I'm wrong. We have the potential to curb stomp things into the ground. But if they're really cute, I guarantee there's going to be somebody. There are plenty of TikToks that are like, It's so fluffy, I could die! And it's an evil face-eating dog. But, I mean, right. True. But, I mean, but that's why one in a thousand mogwai are good. Right? Because it helps keep species propagation. If you only need one of them to survive... So it keeps them safe. Yes. <laughs> oh man, these ones are all evil. But this one, look at how sweet and gentle it is. It would never hurt anybody. And then it trills at people and they get soft and happy and sappy. And they're like, oh, listen to it. Oh, there goes Nikki. Oh, oh we, no. Oh, we split screened it, but there's like a quarter there. Oh, she's back. Uh, <laughs> Wait, <my> camera. <laughs> all right, guys. Next season, we're going to switch to Zoom. So that Nikki doesn't have this problem. Um, this is our last video of the season. I'm sad. Uh, but okay, but let's let's think about it though. It makes perfect sense, right? Because you have the good one who just does their little musical cooing and trilling, and you're just like, oh, but look at it. It's so sweet. Oh, I shouldn't do that. That's fucking terrifying. But at the same time, like, you know what I'm saying though? Like, if they were all like Stripe, we would have taken Louisville sluggers to the entire species. Yeah, I can agree with that. What? Yeah. <laughs> like Kai's like looking at me like, what? I mean, there are creatures that exist out in our world that seemingly don't do any good, but we don't get rid of them. Like koalas? Like pandas? Yeah, pandas <laughs> and koalas. I'm sorry, pandas. You're cute. But you're evolutionarily dumb. You're a species made to eat berries and meat and you to spend your entire life eating bamboo because you went through a period of starvation and bamboo is how you survived and you never learned how to digest it properly. That's actually what happened to them, by the way, in case you were wondering. Anyways, uh, random animal fact. But I don't know. I just feel like if you didn't have that one cute innocent mogwai like humans save species because we find value in them we found value in the one cute innocent mogwai humans are really good we're really good we are really really good at saving species when we realize that they have an important role to play and we need to save them we will bend over backwards to save a species i feel like most of this movie wouldn't have happened if billy wasn't such a bad caretaker i mean i 100 percent agree with you the first night that he has him, he's like singing with him while he's standing on his desk and like knocks him off the desk and bumps his head and bandage him up and blinds him with a mirror. Yep. He just like does nothing but bad things to Gizmo. I mean, look at his dad. His dad's kind of a bumbling idiot. Billy just following suit. 
true. I would love to be wrong. But honestly, right up until the theater scene, Billy doesn't really do a whole lot of productive things in this movie. That's he, just true. <laughs> he works for his family, and then he tried to talk to his mom about his dad, but then the dad came home and was like, ah, we'll have to talk about it later. What I really like, if everybody was paying attention to that scene, when dad came home and mom took the coat, she was like, like, like the look on her face was like that weird, like, I'm smiling with disgust. Mm-hmm. This is fake. We're about to be out on the street. We're a happy family. Pose for the Christmas card, everybody. I'll just say. Alright. It's past midnight, guys. Not not really. It's, it's only 10 o'clock here. But it's past midnight in the movie. We've had chicken. The sandwich. So what comes I mean... Back? Was that really chicken? I don't know what the fuck that was. Whatever it was, it was slimy. And it really All that white me... slimy stuff coming it... off of it just was disturbing. Well, that's, I think because, it was there. The... that's because that was the early prototype of the bedroom buddy. Oh, God. <laughs> that looks like fried chicken. No, thank you. <laughs> that's going nowhere near my bits. I'm sorry. Nope. Nope. Food is not my kink. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, food is not my kink either. Can't do it. I mean, I love, don't get me wrong. I love food. I can eat with the best of them, but food is not my kink. No. Mm -mm. Wow, you're telling me a, a cold drumstick just doesn't do it for you? A cold fried drumstick that's all crinkly and... <laughs> It's all, oh, I'm not going to make myself vomit just thinking I got to stop. I got to stop. We're going on to the next clip, okay? It's after midnight. Yeast infections <laughs> waiting to happen. Here's Mr. Bird's heart. Right? Small animals lose heat faster than large ones, so their blood must circulate How did he come back into the day, by the warm. way, and not check on his, birds, their hearts beat about his little buddy? Times per minute. Cats? 130. Man, about Because it's not an actual being to him, it's a science project. <laughs> I think he did note that it was in like a cocoon phase. You think so? A chrysalis. Yeah. Oh yeah, because that's, remember they called and said, hey, they're in cocoons and this, this is when they're hatching. And his is in the cocoon inside the cage. Is his heart starts took these things from yeah, totally. The graboids. Not graboids. Face hunters. By the way, I will say I absolutely love the Gremlins baby. They have so much slime in this movie. It's pretty terrifying. This is why I need to show this movie to my daughter. She loves slime. This is what we can do with glow sticks and slime. He's looking around like he doesn't know it's it's his mogwai acting up. Class dismissed, all y'all kids get out of my room! <laughs> School's over! Leave now! 
Look at he's like rushing out. Wouldn't be bad. Of course, tickets to the Super Bowl would be very nice. Wait, 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 wait. About the Rolls Royce. Let me just talk to you for a second. Make it red. Weighs only about three fourths of a pound, but the work it turns out is almost incredible. Why didn't he turn oh, the lights on? That, your heart that would have been the first thing blood. I did. Turn the lights on. Like yeah. He was standing right next to the light oh, switch. Dramatic effect. Don't worry, kids. I'm a science teacher. I got this. Nothing bad will happen to me. Look at that green light in there. Billy. Power of glow stick. Just hatched. <laughs> Dry ice. I'll be right there. He's so proud of the fact that it just hatched. <laughs> That's a bad idea. Dude. Gizmo's pissing that Honda helmet. Yep. Oh, damn! That was the end of the clip. I was not expecting it to end there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I get. So I mean, this scene as a kid. Okay, so let's let's talk trauma for a moment. We've we've been having a lot of goofy fun, but let's and, and it's hard because this is a horror comedy, so it's it's really easy for us to to tangent on on comedy. Um, this scene when I was a kid, I mean, honestly, I was both in awe because of like just just all the like slimy like I was that kid, right? I like to play in the mud and shit, so. Like, I was just kind of in awe of all, like, the slime and the cocoons hatching. And by this point, I'd already seen aliens, so whatever, you know. Um, I, I, wow, man. I was, like, 82. I would have been, like, five. I would seen some shit. God damn, no wonder I'm so fucked up. <laughs> I've seen some shit. I've seen some shit, man. Um. <laughs> But I was in awe, but at the same time, this whole section, like, right here, like, leading up to this point is all really, like, it's really kind of gross, and it really sets the stage for, like, this is the part of the movie where you're like, oh, it's a horror movie. Uh-huh. Right? Like, we've finally gotten to that, that feel. And I'm gonna say, this is about, if this movie is really short, this movie's only, like, what, an hour and a half? Right. So, we're about halfway through the movie at this point. Um, it's like everything was leading up to this and honestly up to this point really nothing has happened except Gizmo got wet Billy proved to us he was a terrible caretaker and we found out that his dad is just sort of a deadbeat and mom's got a lot of pent-up aggression and Mrs. Deagle is just a psycho was a psycho oh and the science teacher uh, we miss the science teacher uh, being bad at his job yeah. Have we had did we did he walk uh his coworker home from the bank the girl? Yeah, he had done that by now. Um, yes, because yeah. well, because he was with her in the clip. Yes, and yeah, yeah, because I remember them walking home and she she had brought up that she wasn't a fan of the holidays, which was setting up the story she was going to tell later. Right. Right, she mentions she's not a fan of the holidays, but then he that she was about to tell him that story right then, and she gets interrupted by the science teacher calling to say that it hatched. And now they're going to book it over to the school. While they book it over to the school, we're going to cut to mom. And this, I mean, I'm telling you, Billy's mom, like, Mrs. Pelzer, Pelzer she's, she's badass. So... He gets the call that it hatched, and he knows that there are a bunch in his attic, or in the loft, or wherever he's sleeping. 
So he, not thinking that they would be hatching too? Right. Apparently not. He was just excited to go see his science teacher buddy who had the one that hatched. He had showed his mother as well. Right. And what we this didn't point, see was his mom going upstairs. Um, we didn't see her finding the cocoons. Because um, she comes upstairs and sees them all cocooned up. He calls her. He says, Mom, come up here. And she he shows mm-hmm. them all to her. Right. Right. So uh, this next scene, though, is Mom. This is where Mom starts racking up the kill count. And I got to say that there are parts of this scene that are both absolutely horrifying in terms of trauma. Like the stuff that happens is just brutal. But at the same time, you got to have mad respect. Mad respect for, for his mom. She's, she's, that woman's badass. It's such a, like, major turn for her. Because at this point, she's been mainly nothing but smiles. Even when the inventions aren't working 100%. Right. She and puts she's on been a very, smile. She's been very subdued and very docile. Like, we've never had any indication that mom was, like, a sleeper agent. Right. Well, the, the Xanax wore off then. Or value. <laughs> the Xanax wore off. Yes. All right. Let's get to this because this scene is great. One of the best. Absolutely. I agree. Mom's got that knife like a psycho killer. I also love the fact that mom doesn't just run and like run up the stairs. Right. Oh, we missed Gizmo getting shoved down the laundry chute. We did. Hey, the mom heard the noise and immediately grabbed the knife. Like she's just mm-hmm. ready. Look at him just. Oh, they're such little eaters. At least he liked those horrific gingerbread people. <laughs> So here's the one invention that works. Right? Oh! The, the Gremlin Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> the Gremlin Grinder 5000. Look at that, mom picks up a shield. I have we have some of those tray tables here at my house. <laughs> I used to have those. I feel like these hoverboards. Mom is using Yeah. Look at that. Boom. This is straight up murder. Yeah, <laughs> the lip quiver and everything that she had going on. Raid to the face, or was it Pam? I can't remember. Yes, Pam. And then she nukes his ass in the microwave. microwave. The most brutal of all. Uh huh. Oh, oh. oh no, oh. it was the flea and tick spray. Oh god. Your your mic's on mute, Sarah. That, when I was a kid, that shit traumatized me. The microwave. Like. I was terrified to go near the microwave for months after that scene. Her murder rampage continues with the tree scene. <laughs> Which is next. Yes, we're not even done yet. That's the thing. Mom is mom is letting out that pent-up aggression that she's had for dad for some time now. 
It's like sooner or later you feel like if this didn't happen, that knife was going into the dad. Right, right. That or she would have used the the patented gremlin chewer, like to like the mulcher of gremlin to like for dad's hand. Like, you mean, you mean, not the bedroom, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't actually a blender. That was the uh, that was the bedroom buddy, the, the yeah, test version. That was the test version of the bedroom buddy. Yeah. How would that Maybe. even work? You would have to. Okay, we're getting on a tangent. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, it goes right self, into the next scene. Doesn't self <laughs> self corrected. Uh, but yeah, so we're gonna move on to the next scene. Mom is still on a murder rampage. Like mom's mom's kind of a hero. The only thing that can stop her is a Christmas tree. Do people still put tinsel like that on their trees? That just seems super messy to me. It's they don't. Not after not after like all the like mid to late 80s warnings about cats eating tinsel and dying. That's a good thing because it obstructed oh. their uh, their GI. This was this is stripe in here, right? In the no. But in the tree, but not in the sock. Look at she just like. Hack and slash. I know. She was like, no mercy whatsoever. Because this shows them some intelligence. They, like, set up a trap. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not right. Oh, yeah, there was one. This is the fourth one. Yeah. Of five. There's Stripe. There's Stripe just setting and baiting it all together from the side. In the Mugwai box. <laughs> exactly. Oh. He he knew he knew what he was doing. That's the that's the first scene right there where you realize that Stripe is the one who's orchestrating all the events because he watched while that went down to see if he was successful in baiting his trap. Because then afterwards, after she kills that one, she goes after him and he jumps out the window. Right. Actually, and that's, that's Billy's first kill. Because he walks in, he grabs the yeah, sword Billy. off the wall. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He cuts it its off the head. head off, and it goes that's into right. the fireplace. It's brutal. Yes, yes, it is brutal. I wish we had that, but again, we can't get them all. But yes, you're right. That is the scene where Billy comes in, grabs the sword off the wall, chops the gremlin's head off, and baseball bats it basically into the fire, where it just melts away. Um, and Stripe breaks out, runs out the window, runs through the snow without breeding, and makes for the uh, the swimming pool at the Y. You know, by that, but it's by this point though. It's like you're wondering, oh, can I show this to my kids after watching the that last scene? It's like mm, not really. I mean, I mean, after watching Mom go berserk, like yeah, this this movie is like this is a this movie was rated P PG PG thirteen. Yeah, I watched it when I was five. I watched this movie when oh, I was man. like like six or wait, this came out in what eighty? When did this come out? Eighty. 84? Yeah, I watched this movie when it came out. Yeah. You scared had... of some household appliances afterwards. Well, I was. I was, I was terrified of microwaves, man. I was terrified of Stripe. I thought he was in my window. So, see, okay, so this is how fucked up of a kid I was. Stripe was my favorite. Everybody, like, mm. I got, like, the two of you looking at me like, we are not surprised. Like, <laughs> no. We are evil. I wow. Wow. I'm gonna go cry in the corner. 
Okay, but Crocodile. I mean, like, <laughs> Stripe, I love Stripe. I mean, but let's be fair, I mean, I am a Sith at heart, too, so I guess it kind of fits the bill, but, <laughs> like, I don't know, I had pictures of Stripe, I could, like, Stripe stickers were my favorite, like, I remember at one point in time when I was a kid, I was always like, don't get in the fountain, Stripe, don't get in the fountain! <laughs> <laughs> like, I really had a problem, I was always rooting for the bad guy, because, Anyhow, Billy comes in, kills, Stripe breaks out the window, runs, goes to the swimming pool. Billy chases him. So I think this is the important part. Billy chases him to the swimming pool, and then he jumps into the pool, and then Billy runs away because the pool just starts to boil. Like, it's some straight <laughs> biblical-level shit, right? The pool just starts to boil. And, like, you see, like, like... I don't. Gremlins don't even have noses, but Stripe grabs his nose and he cannonballs into the pool, and that's and that's it. And suddenly, thousands upon thousands of Mogwai are born. I don't. I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe the lore is Gremlins propagate Gremlins. Mm-hmm. And Mogwai propagate Mogwai. Well, it's definitely definitely hundreds. Well, I mean, I don't know that whole. Okay, I mean, we're talking in the '80s. A theater that size probably seated at least a hundred. Yeah, and they said they were all in the theater at once. All but Stripe. Yeah. Well, even Stripe was in the theater until he wanted to go get popcorn or milk duds. Yeah, he wanted, he wanted candy. He wanted more yum. Yum, yum. But, but, I mean, and once again, though, Stripe just, like, constantly proving that he's, like, a step ahead, Right. Mm-hmm. So, because doesn't he tell the one not to forget the milk duds or something? Like, yeah. <laughs> so he kind anyways. of escapes out of pure luck, really, because he's just looking for food. Right. He kind of right. It, I mean, it's, that's true. Um. So, next, I believe, is the bar scene. Um, and this scene wasn't as as terrifying as it was funny. Um, but it's also slightly traumatizing because she really is like the harried female who's just being assaulted constantly and can't get away from her abusers. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you want to like look at it through that lens, um, which when I watched the movie this time around, I never noticed it as a kid, obviously, but when I watched the movie this time around, that was the first thing I noticed. I was like, man, she's like the woman who can't escape her abusers. Like they're always around her and she can't get away from them. Like that's what she looks like in this scene. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, so, uh, yeah, let's go to the bar. They do kind of parody, like, drunk males in the bar hitting on the bartender. Yes. They really do. Also, you notice they have, like, super long arms. <laughs> More great puppet use. Right. just dumped all of that in somebody's dream. <laughs> yeah. This doesn't turn them, doesn't create more of them. I know, I don't understand. Well, okay, so that actually, that actually leads me to an interesting hypothesis the more I think about it. And I'll tell you when you come out of the scene. 
Asher Gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> Who is on our Who's on our screen right now? Yes, the Flasher Gremlin is on our screen right now. Oh man, do we get to see the uh, detective Gremlin? Oh, so. Stripe and poker. One told him he was cheating. He shot him. Yes. Like 1920s detective gremlin. This this uh, this just felt so out of place, but it was just there. With the sock puppet. Seen to highlight their hijinks. Yeah, I think it was just to have that comic relief and to. Well, it was to show that they're just really mischievous creatures. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so here's my interesting hypothesis. Tell me what you guys think of this. So, my hypothesis is this all Spike's others, or all Stripe's others died. Mom, Mom whacked him, or Billy mm -hmm. whacked the one, right? He's the only one left. What if. Gremlins can clone other gremlins by jumping in water, but those clones are defective and can't actually clone anymore. Like, they're not, like, they're too far removed from the original hierarchy. Like, if he had cloned more as a Mogwai, they could clone, but they can't because they're not starting off in their original form, so they're lacking that gene. I I think some of that was kind of discussed in Gremlins 2. I want to say that it was too, and that might be where this idea is coming from. It's been a while since I've watched it. Because the one Gremlin, like there's one Gremlin in Gremlins 2 that's even smarter than Stripe. Well, it's because he took the intelligence serum. Yes, but oh he was super fucking smart. It's going to have to be a stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we did actually talk about doing Gremlins 2 um, a little bit later after the new year because it's kind of like, well, we should almost follow this one up because there is a follow-up to it. And Gremlins 2 was just full of hijinks, too. It was actually less traumatizing, I think, and less scary uh, than this one, except for a few scenes. Like, the, the one Gremlin that turned into the spider, that <laughs> shit terrified me. I had nightmares about that Gremlin for years. 
I think Gremlins 2 did really good with the folklore of... Because it's a totally um, automated building, right? Yes. So originally in the folklore, Gremlins destroy technology and electronics. So in like the original lore. So I think that the clamp kind of set it up really well for we're just going to destroy this whole fucking building and burn it to the ground. Well, I mean, they really, like, that building gave them everything they wanted. They didn't even have to leave the building to find all of the things that they would have enjoyed. Right. Like, the other thing about Gremlins, too, is, and I think the bar highlights this really well, is they're hedonistic. Mm-hmm. They very much, like... They're, they're like the personification of id. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, this is like their own little bacchanalian here at the bar. They're just, like, going to town. The booze, partying, not giving a fuck. Like, all their vices are on display. Like, they're just having a good time. And then they start wreaking a muck across right. the city. Right, alright. So our next, our next scene, um, this is where the gremlins really start to get into it. They... So they go out and start screwing with the town because now Billy shows up and he takes the bartender away. And once he takes the bartender away, the gremlins set loose because they no longer have their Bacchanalian wine festival going anymore. Because now they she, don't have anyone keeping it going. Is it is it his lights from the car that blind them? What, what exactly happened yes. there? Yes. And then they have to break away on foot. Uh, mm-hmm. They run on foot because that for some reason... His car is now no longer running. I, well, it's kind of a piece of shit. I mean, it's a continuity error that bothers me because he would have pulled up, put his car in neutral because it was a stick, and he would have left it running. He wouldn't have turned it off because he wouldn't you know, know like, he was hit the snowbank right or something right there. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just, it's really bad. Anyways, um, so now when once they run off, the rest of the gremlins now, like, no longer having their little bacchanalia going on, they run out into the world and they start wreaking havoc. Okay? And so now we catch up with the rest of what happens. Christmas carolers. I hate Christmas carolers. Oh, this is the Mrs. Oh, I forgot about the Christmas carolers part. I love this scene. So she came downstairs in that chair that you didn't get to see. So she thinks this is like the apocalypse, right? They're coming for her? Yeah, she thinks that they're coming for her finally. Practically having a heart attack before she gets her stairlift. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Thank God she didn't grab one of her cats. You know, this needs to be a riot universal. I don't really either. She was an awful human being. Oh, there's Mrs. Deagle. That was Mrs. Deagle. And this is after, like, the cops got the call that their gremlins were out there, and they're, like, not believing until they saw Gizmo, and... And now they... 
And then they run. They run from this, and they don't help anybody. Yeah, they had that whole scene where Billy brought Gizmo in, and then they're just like, oh, same reaction as everybody else. Right. Now, this thing, this is oh, a thing that I guess exists. This no big thing deal. This is really interesting. Not Take it home. Take your pet home. Take your little hamster home and feed it. I think it was until, like, you have the broadcast trauma of Rockin' Rick, or whatever his name, Ripper Rick, Rockin' Rick, on the radio getting oh. killed by the gremlins. And <laughs> that's when I'm like, oh, this is for real. Right. Well, and let's be fair. These two officers were already freaking three sheets to the wind by the time they went out. They had been hitting the eggnog hard. Hard. With, with extra nog. Yeah, nobody's going to do anything bad on Christmas Eve. Who are doing anything terrible on Christmas Eve? Come on now. That's a lie. So many domestics happen on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So many domestics happen on Christmas We'll just call Andy and they'll be all right. Anyways. Uh, so right after Mrs. Deagle, we get to, to Murray. Um, and, and we didn't have the earlier scene with Murray and his racist rants with the snowplow. So uh, now we have this scene with Murray. Uh, I don't know if I didn't, since I didn't get a chance to watch this one yet. Does, do you know, is this the one, is he sitting at home when this happens? Or is this after the whole part with him being sitting at home trying to watch TV? And this is him sitting at home watching TV. All right. So this is the antenna. Yeah. And he thinks it's the antenna that's all broken. Because, <laughs> wait, uh, what does it he say? Should have bought a goddamn Zenith. Yeah. yeah. Except the whole time I'm looking at that TV, I'm like, that's a fucking Zenith. Yeah. Like, and for those of you that don't know what a Zenith is out there, it was an old model TV. I used to have one when I was a kid. That one of the best TVs I ever owned, honestly, for an old tube TV. But where Zenith American made? Because he was complaining he had a foreign made TV. I think Zenith was American made. To the Google. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, let's let's get to let's get to Murray here. Tis the season to be jolly. Oh yeah, the fake fire log. Uh-huh. La 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 la. Right, Murray. La la la. This is such a good movie. I love it. Yes, he is an American research and development. Agency. You have the thingy. Huh? Wow. <laughs> the Goddamn fire team. Oh, now. I told you we should have got a zenith. <laughs> <laughs> They're out there just oh, on the antenna. Oh, yeah, His recliner is just like right there. I can't get a damn thing on this. Where are you going? I'm going to check the antenna. Maybe the damn thing is the aluminum Christmas tree. Careful, dear. Listen to this ominous music. What the hell is that? This is the theme music as well, isn't it? Yeah. And I love this music because it's just so fun and up. Oh, I think I imagined the lights on the 
I love how they just drive it right through the house. The Germans give no fuck. I have no fucks to give <laughs> The laugh. It's a real gremlin. There's a real gremlin in my cab. It's a real boy. Where did that two come from? Two? What two? Started started to see a rating there. I, oh yeah, yeah 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 that was my fault. I I, I hit the wrong button. I was like blink nope wrong one dink. <laughs> So his worst fears have come to life. In his mm -hmm. American-made tractor. So his worst fears have come to life. In his American, this is American true. products don't have gremlins. Only them foreign products. That's why he was like, "There's a there's a gremlin in my cab." It's a real gremlin. Who cares? My house is being destroyed. There is a gremlin in my tractor. Does homeowner's insurance cover gremlin damage? Priorities. I think gremlins are acts of God. But the tractor, on the other hand, going through, I don't know. I mean, maybe not. I think he might be screwed. They probably go, he, you were drunk and drove it through your house, didn't you? They probably go. I mean, I would agree with that because that's kind of how, like, I feel like most of the gremlin stuff would play out. You know, like, honestly, if this, if the FBI and CIA got involved in this, it would be an incident of mass hysteria. That's what they claim it is at the end of the film. Mm -hmm. I know. That's what <laughs> this did not so happen. Cover it up. We gotta we gotta get the remains of the gremlins and test them. See if we can make more. What remains? There's nothing left. They're just it's goo, but they still have DNA. They could they you know they'll try to weaponize it. That's what the government will do. Somebody's tinfoil hat's on a little tight. <laughs> I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with you. However, is it a threat to the U.S. and can we weaponize it? Gremlins are a threat to everyone, and I think weaponizing gremlins would be a terrible idea. Well, I don't know. Maybe you could do it with the smart gremlin if he was in charge. But you would definitely need him, like from Gremlins too. You would definitely need him to be your ally, undisputed, unequivocal, not be able to be paid off. Maybe if you put shock collars on all of them. You just you just drop them into a territory that you want to get rid of and make sure he lands in a pool or something. He'll <laughs> like carpet bomb gremlins into swimming pools. <laughs> into a lake. <laughs> and they just wreak havoc everywhere. Now, ladies and gentlemen, today the U.S. flew B-52s over blah 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 and dropped 13 gremlins into the lake. See, even worse, in today's society, you could just give them COVID first and then send them in and multiply them. Jesus! <laughs> what the fuck? And this is how you weaponize COVID, people. You give it to a gremlin. Oh my god! I would just like to note that the movies that traumatize us does not endorse giving anybody COVID. 
I'm not saying we don't endorse weaponizing gremlins. By all means, just don't do it with COVID. <laughs> Sorry, I'm terrible. So here. maybe Ebola, but not COVID. <laughs> Definitely not Ebola either, or smallpox, little, or polio. A little bit of West Nile virus. I mean, is West Nile even a threat anymore? The bird flu, the Zika virus. How many? How many? Mad cow disease. Swine ah. flu. I mean, if we're gonna give, if we're gonna do mad cow disease, we might as well just do Huntington's disease. Anyways. <laughs> and. Anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun. I hope you've enjoyed our presentation about Gremlins tonight. Uh, so, next is the movie theater scene. This is the scene where Billy finally redeems himself and proves to us that being an awful caretaker can sometimes have good qualities. Like when you set all of your pets on fire. Well, so before we go into that one, we need to talk about uh, oh, his Yes, we need to talk about scene. the girlfriend. The girlfriend who hates Christmas. So this this is the other traumatizing scene. And and we don't have the clip of it, and that's what makes this so terrible. So I'm going to tell this story, and it's, it's going to be horrible. I apologize. You guys can correct me if I miss any parts. Billy's girlfriend starts telling him why she does not like Christmas. And she doesn't like Christmas because on Christmas Eve, the little girl's dad dressed up like Santa Claus, and he climbed up on the roof and tried to shimmy down the chimney to deliver presents to his daughter. And instead, he got stuck. And everybody just assumed he went missing until several weeks later when they found his desiccated body rotting in the chimney. Actually, he, he slipped and fell and broke his neck and died instantly. Well, he, yeah, well, he, he slipped in the chimney. Like, he, like, he was shimmying down the chimney and slipped, broke his neck, and, like, died stuck in the chimney. Mm -hmm. I mean, and she could smell him. That, like... Like, lighting a fire? Could you imagine? Like, you're just smoking his ass. He's all preserved up there now because you've been smoking him for, like, two weeks? She said when she went to go turn on the fireplace, she could smell something. Yeah, like a dead raccoon or something. Ooh. It's just, like, that just is like seems so out of place in this movie. Like, the most serious thing after all that comedy bits. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Like, it, and it was. It was freaking terrifying, like... I, and it was so serious and like so just dark like that was the other like super traumatizing thing i mean i'm gonna be entirely honest that was rough like holy crap it's like all of a sudden we're gonna give a character backstory and it's just gonna be like it's gonna like, stop the movie <laughs> dead in its tracks uh, well, that was stop the movie dead in its tracks trauma that's what that was that story in and of itself is like if there wasn't any trauma in this movie up to this point this story is enough to make me give this movie a five on our trauma scale. Like, this story was intense. And she tells it in, like, a deadpan, like, post-trauma voice. Like, she's still traumatized by it. Like, I gotta hand it to her, like, for for the actress that did it, because she really did a good job at telling the story. The way that she just, del her delivery of it is just, like... I forgot where they were when she delivered it. Right in front of the movie theater. They were in the bank. They had stepped in the bank. Yeah, they they stepped into the bank before going into the movie theater. I guess for I guess to get up get out of the the all the hustle bustles going on around them. Oh the, well, yeah, they were trying. No, they were ducking and hiding from one of the. Wasn't there still a gremlin chasing them? And they were trying to hide from it. Probably. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I could be wrong. I mean, you just watched it recently again, so. Yeah. 
that's it was right before they got, got to the movie theater though because yeah she tells a story and he's like come on we need to go find him yeah like he doesn't even try to like console her he's like yeah but we got to go find these things and deal with them like <laughs> fuck your reasons for not liking christmas i'm not concerned about that right now right now i'm concerned about the gremlins that are terrorizing the town he well, really oh sorry go ahead kai <laughs> i was gonna say all he really says is like i'm sorry and then they just basically move on and then and just forget all about it still marries him Okay, so for one, there hadn't been extensive studies at that point on how to handle people when they reveal trauma like that. Fair, fair. And most the the lay person does not really know how to respond when somebody lays on something as large as that on their plate. Most people will be like, ah, "I'm sorry, I really don't know what to say right now." That's fair. That's fair. I can't I can't necessarily disagree with that. And he really, Billy, let's be honest, he's a banker. He's not equipped to deal with that. <laughs> I mean, he can, uh, he could probably identify when there's not all this other shit going on with absentee dad. Well, not only that, but let's be honest. He's also, like, right now what's happening to the town is a trauma in progress. Mm-hmm. And Mass <laughs> yeah, and he's already, like, traumatized by the fact that he saw his mom being attacked, killed that one, you know, rescued her from the bar where they were just basically, you know, harassing her, and then, you know, they're, they're just all of this stuff. Like, he's seen all of this. This has all been traumatizing him from the get-go. So, like, he's been walking through trauma since the start, basically. So would it be fair to say they are all really, like, in a stage of shock? I would say it's fair to say they're all in a state of shock. Which might also be why we get some of this flat affect. True. Yeah, I can see when, that. When you're in a state of shock, you tend to have a very flat affect. You, you don't really know how to respond well to things. And to top it all off, too, I mean, like... Yeah, I mean, what? how, how, how is he supposed to... How's he supposed to feel? I mean, I can I can look at it here objectively and say, yeah, you're right, absolutely. He, he didn't feel bad. He didn't handle it well. But also, at the same time... How could he? He's already like trying to handle one cri one crisis at a time, right? That's like ninety percent of what we tell a client is deal with one thing at a time. You know, there's a reason we we do things one step at a time. Right, and bringing like COVID back into this, you know, when <laughs> when we're going through the pandemic, and and there is a there is a link. I know. This is I know. This, the first time that any of us had ever experienced a pandemic that I'm aware of. So we didn't really know how to handle it. We weren't equipped. We're like, what the fuck is this shit? What are we doing? And so to my knowledge, there has not been a gremlin attack on a town before. So they're kind of like, what the hell do we do? Do we call the National Guard? Do we handle this ourselves? Do we blow up the town? What's going on? I mean, speaking of blowing up the town... This one is so quiet compared to the last clip, which was so loud. I have nothing to do with the volume <laughs> of these clips. I know, it's just funny. Oh, finally, the movie's actually starting. Another <laughs> minute. 
And they go crazy for Snow White. What in the world is John Cena music playing? Your time is up, my time is now. You can't see me, my time is now. Oh boy, you're gonna get copyright. Copyright strike, copyright strike. Oh no. What is this? What is I this? just saw I just saw a movie theater scene. <laughs> I downloaded it. I that didn't That was watch. not the right clip. <laughs> so what's what, so what's really happening in this scene? I'm gonna play this scene without audio. Um, so we can go back to the scene. Um, what's really happening in this scene is this. Well, know what we're editing out later, right? So Stripe just left to go get his milk duds. And the movie that they're watching is Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, which apparently they're just goo goo gaga for. And the gremlins are seeing Billy and all of them like running and after they've already set their trap. Right. Which is an incredibly explosive device. <laughs> right. Incredibly explosive device. <laughs> right. But luckily for them, gremlins just are not that strong. And there goes the movie theater. <laughs> yeah. And there goes the movie theater. And of course, Stripe is like, the fuck? <laughs> what just happened? So, you know, he. Oh yeah, he's across the street at the candy shop <laughs> because there was no candy left in the movie theater. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, right. Once again, the classic yum yum. Ah, he, that he wants clip. to take you to the candy shop. He wants to lick your lollipop. I don't want Stripe to lick. Wow, you. I do not want Stripe anywhere near anybody's lollipop. That's have terrible. you seen those teeth? Right, no, nope. you know that Stripe is a teeth user. No, thank you. Yum yum. No, he can yum yum on one of his gremlin buddies. <laughs> <laughs> he can put that yum yum tail in his mouth. Is that what you're saying? He whatever the fuck he wants to do away from me. So oh, we blow up the movie theater. <laughs> and this is how Billy gets the highest kill count in the show. <laughs> Ultra kill. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like, seriously, this is... I think this borders on a brutality. I mean, he, like, straight up just blows everybody up. Last one alive, Stripe. Stripe then makes for... Uh, is that, like, a hardware store? It's a sporting goods. Store. Yeah, yeah, sporting goods store. That's what it is. And you know, uh, you know, he he makes for the sporting goods store. Uh, not really sure what his intent was at going to the sporting goods store initially, but he's just running because now he's the last one alive. Everybody else I think, is dead. I think he saw the guns. Maybe knowing Stripe. Gun. Gun. Bang bang. Okay. So we missed a lot of the fight there. We did miss a lot of the fight. 
Mr. O in his Barbie car. It doesn't work that way. Fingering the fountain. <laughs> oh, it's so, so good. It doesn't matter where he gets wet, they all pop off his back. That was a stinker. That's so gross. It reminds me of those frogs that, like, keep their egg sacs on their back and then yes. they're young or born. It's so I know, right? But this scene is absolutely brutal. It is. The whole melting is never unsee. Uh, you can't unsee this scene. I agree. She's like, what the hell is that shit? Space sunlight will kill him. They are kidding. And where did Mr. Pelzer come from? Like out of nowhere. Well, Billy, I just got home. I'm trying to sell my smokeless ashtray. They don't even talk. He just looks at Billy and he's like, they're just like, what? The, the hell did you do, son? Dad, your scarf. Oh, poor Gizmo. In the truly terrifying moment. Which we didn't get to see, apparently. Oh. We don't get to see his skull deflate and then the dog go over and lap it up. <laughs> That'll give people reason to go watch the movie. Yeah. Yeah, all the scenes that we didn't get were able to get. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh. So, I mean, this this scene is single-handedly probably one of the most traumatic scenes in the movie. I mean, there are there's a lot of scenes in this movie that are pretty trauma-inducing, but this one, this this stuck with me my whole life. I I will never ever forget this scene. This scene has literally just all, like when I think quintessentially there's a few things you think of when you think of Gremlins. You think of Gizmo, you think of Stripe, and I don't know about you, I, but this scene resonates. Like, I just, I always have remembered this scene. I've never forgotten it. <laughs> like, it is, it's just, this yeah, scene it's is jacked. It is a jacked up scene. You know, I, I forgot the very end, too, where Mr. Wing comes and takes Gizmo away. But... That's this scene, actually, that we've got. Uh, <laughs> this is the, the last clip that we have is Mr. Wing showing up, basically going, I told you. You weren't ready. Uh, all I can think of seeing that scene again, though, was like if the witch from The Wizard of Oz had melted like that, it would have been a wholly different movie. Oh my god, right? right. I'm melting, I'm melting. You know she almost died in that scene? Yep. The trap door there failed and she was on fire. Oh boy. <laughs> stay, stay tuned. I didn't laugh. I'm not laugh. Like it's just so fucked up. I don't know what else to do but laugh. Cause that was so like it just her trap. Like she was supposed to fall through a trap door while the flames were coming up around her, like melting, like creating all the smoke. 
And the trap door failed, and she caught on fire. Wizard of Oz, like, stay tuned. She had third-degree yeah. burns from that. The Wizard the of Oz is terrifying uh, for a lot of different reasons, but I don't really think it qualifies for this show. I mean, if we're just going based off trauma, there's a lot of trauma in Wizard of Oz. Okay. Exhaust all your other movies. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, if I really think about it. I mean, the Wizard of Oz creeps me out for a lot of reasons, but it's not the one we're talking about. The Return to Oz creeps me out more than the Wizard of Oz. What did? The Return to Oz creeps me out more no, than the Wizard of Oz. I couldn't, I couldn't handle, I couldn't handle that, that, uh, Flying monkey turds. That, 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 like, just, the, the, the sequel to Wizard of Oz I thought was terrible. I don't know. I never got all the way through it because I could never, like, watch it. Like, I was always bored. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that just makes me a terrible person. I don't know. Let's... Oz shout out return to Oz was scary all right all right Co. I got you I got you all right maybe we'll maybe we'll run the Oz sequel like we'll do Oz and, and the Oz sequel after we do uh gremlins 2 faceless witch gal I... what what yeah. what okay yeah. now I'm gonna have to watch it you you haven't you've never seen return to Oz no it's horrifying <laughs> Okay. Oh my. Like, <laughs> like Movie I night. feel like I feel like this is really weird for me to say that there's something I haven't seen. Like, but yeah, no, I've never actually. Like, I've, it's come on several times when, but I've never like actually watched it. I just didn't. In, like, I couldn't get into the movie. But then again, I'm not a big fan of Wizard of Oz either. Sorry, guys out there who's a fan of Wizard of Oz. Like, I just, uh, Wizard of Oz was never my jam. Gremlins. Gremlins. Meanwhile, back at Gremlins. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. <laughs> oh my god, what is he doing to that unicorn? Oh wait, sorry. That was the last unicorn. <laughs> Did you forget that reference already? I never forget a reference. That's a Anyhow, let's talk about Bye Bye Billy. We're on, we're on. WDHB's Action Central News at the site of Dory's Tavern, or what used to be Dory's Tavern, in Kingston Falls, where officials are now blaming mass hysteria for the escalating series of unexplained accidents, fires, and explosions that rocked this once peaceful town on Christmas Eve. The bizarre demise of Mrs. Ruby Deagle... The FBI knows what happens. Donald Deagle seems to spell an end to the country. Don't chew that. Don't chew. We talked to one Mr. Murray Futterman at Mercy Hospital. I bet he'd like some chicken soup. Mom's like, yeah, I'm going to stab you. I love how Mr. Wing just shows up in their house. Who sold me the Mogwai? I know. Did you not lock your doors? Interesting choice of words. Conflicting eyewitness reports concerning he didn't even close the door when he came in. You teach him to watch television. I, uh, oh no. There was, I believe, a box. I don't know what it is about I, uh, but I love that he says that. I love that he says Papa in Chinese when he goes Baba. Dad? Only Vanquila? Oh, 
Hola, 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 hola. I warned you, with Mokwai comes much responsibility. But you didn't listen, and you see what happens. I didn't mean it. You do with Mokwai. You destroyed the whole city. Your society has done with all of nature's gifts. You do not understand. You are not ready. Yes? Uh, he has something to say uh, to you. You mean you understand what he says when he speaks to you? To hear, one has only to listen. This man is just full of life lessons. Right? <laughs> Perhaps some. We cut him off at perhaps someday you will be ready. Aw, oh, poor Mr. Wing. I just think about what happens to him at the beginning of the first of the second movie. Right. Here's your $200 back. I love how he just throws it on the couch. Like, your $200 means nothing to me. Give me back my Mogwai. Mogwai press. What was it? Your grandson that sold it to me. Sold. Interesting choice of words. <laughs> More like he stole. Oh, you know. So, I mean, okay. So, like all of our movies, well, most of our movies, a couple of them haven't ended this way. But like most of our movies, when we get to the end, we wrap it up neatly, neatly with sort of a happy scene. And and this is no different. It's a little melancholy because you know. Gizmo is leaving, but it's really not a bad scene, right? It's it's kind of uplifting. The music is what makes it a little melancholic. The but but ultimately, you know, he's giving Billy hope for the future. You know, perhaps someday you'll be ready. Gizmo is obviously attached. He's saying bye, Billy. You know, Billy's learned learned some kind of weird life lesson about just listening to be able to finally understand Gizmo, even though most of us watching the movie understood everything that he was saying most of the time. Like, you stupid fuck, why are you feeding them? Um, but, anyhow, beside the point. <clears throat> There's only three rules and you broke all of them. Yes. Every single one within the span of 48 hours. Yes. Every single one within the span Yes, he really did. Like, he just... Were you uh, even trying a little bit? No, no. <laughs> you had you had one job. One job, kid. One job. One job. But okay, so so it ends on a happy note, kind of undoing all the damage that the movie does throughout. Um, one thing about this movie that I think again, uh, Kai brought it up earlier. Um, this movie makes great use of practical effects. I love good practical effects, and. This movie makes great use of practical effects. Even to this day, I think, similar to some of the other practical effects we've seen in other movies, these practical effects still hold up really well. I mean, yes, there's some things that we can do better now. And maybe we could do better with CGI. Maybe we could even do better practical effects with the technology we have now. But for the time, these were ahead of the curve. 
And they those did puppets a, were pretty epic. Yeah, they did a fantastic those job at at letting them out and letting them do a thing. And I mean, come on, there's no like that whole melting scene with Stripe. That took some time to like put together. That was a lot of effort to like stop motion that. They used a lot of different techniques. They had stop motion. They had animation because that all behind this. The screen that was animated. Then you have the the puppets. Yeah, they they use a lot of techniques to get the gremlins to be brought to life. And they do a great job at it. I mean, if you suspend your disbelief for just the tiniest moment in this movie, you could almost believe the gremlins were real. Almost. Almost. Right, but it's fun. Like it's a good time, and they give you a lot of trauma along the way. You know. Murderous mom, <laughs> lots of dead bodies. The bathroom buddy. Bath bathroom buddy. That's totally therapist trauma. Sorry, we do that on every one of these. Uh, that's totally therapist trauma. Sorry. Well, oh, sorry, that was bedroom buddy, not bathroom. Yeah, the bedroom buddy's the therapist. But you know, bathroom buddy is not much better because that thing, even as a kid, I was like, what a joke. Like, could you imagine you're like trying to get your toothbrush out? And you're like you flip it out, and you're like, I need a little bit of toothpaste, and then you get toothpaste in your eye, and suddenly you're going to the emergency room, poison control yeah. center, and everything. Like, I mean, just that thing was a terrifying invention. Yeah. Terrifying. Utterly terrifying. And then we have the trauma of, uh, you know, Billy's girlfriend not, you know, her dad getting stuck in the chimney for Christmas with a broken neck. With a broken neck, rotting there. Easily the most out of place scene in that whole movie. It was so out of place. It really was. It makes me wonder, like, did they really want to do a different kind of movie? And then, like, somebody was like, "Let's just slap this scene in." Because it gives an ambiance. I don't. I don't know. I mean, does it though? Like, it just. I, I agree with Ka with Kai. It, it, it's very much an out of place scene. The rest of the movie, like there, there's there's no real serious moments in that. Like everything is a, a little bit lighthearted. Even even the stuff with Mrs. Deagle when she's being mean, it's it's also kind of like, haha, I'm a mean character kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a very caricature of a character. And 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 you know, even like the other most serious scenes are really the murder scenes where the gremlins murder the science teacher. Or mom murders the gremlins. But almost every other scene in the movie is at some level meant to be just a just a tinge humorous. So that the movie itself, like, it doesn't want to take itself seriously. But then right. you have this one super serious scene that just really, like, almost in and of itself. Like, if you're, if you're old enough to understand it, that's probably one of the most traumatizing scenes in the movie. And it's a Christmas yep. movie in the same way that Die Hard's a Christmas movie, in that it takes place during Christmas, but otherwise doesn't really have anything to do with it. That's I mean, not several true. Merry Christmases get said throughout this movie. Yeah. Yeah, but not a, but the movie's not about Christmas. It's about the Gremlins. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Billy's girlfriend made this movie about Christmas. <laughs> for her, for sure. And Mr. Peltzer gave Gizmo as a gift. gift. At Christmas, this movie started off as a look at this gift you're getting for Christmas. Because I'm a deadbeat dad. This is why we don't give live pets as presents. Because I'm a deadbeat dad. This is why we don't give live 
So, all in all, just just saying, just saying, all in all, um, all in all, just just saying, all in all, the movie does a good job at handing out trauma in a fun way. Weirdly, I, I I almost feel a little strange saying that actually. Um, so fun. <laughs> this trauma is fun and upbeat, kids. Come and have. But it does, right? Like, it dishes out the trauma in a way that's kind of funny. Like, you can't help but laugh your way through this movie. Definitely not going to eat fried chicken for a while. <laughs> Definitely going to rethink using my microwave for a while again. <laughs> I really wish we had the orange juice scene where they, like, he tries to make orange juice and it just gives juice for days from one orange. Like, I still want to know... That how that fucking invention works because that's a god that's a gold all mine. of them the smokeless ashtray too I think the smokeless ashtray is an actual invention it exactly. is <laughs> it is um but I mean all in all it's it's just really a good good flick like I mean it's a fun flick for mm -hmm. what it is I mean. It's a little horror comedy, but uh, we talked about it, um, of course, at at the beginning. Um, what we felt like our trauma number was for this movie, and we we really did decide that for once we couldn't really rate this movie. Um, we couldn't rate it as a low movie, kind of kind of like My Girl. We couldn't rate low, and My Girl ends on a terrible note. I'm just like that movie's just like here's the trauma. Bye. Um, which we also reviewed. Um, but, uh, you know, we ended up giving Gremlins a 7 on our trauma scale just because of all of the stuff that happens between the girlfriend, Stripe's melting scene, the mom's murder rampage. Like, there just was a lot of, like, heavy trauma that happens throughout this movie, even though it's lighthearted, um, and not meant to be all of that, uh, all that scary mm -hmm. but but it is mm -hmm. have a good night co thanks for watching the stream um you know all in all it just was yeah yeah it, it, it's a solid seven i don't i don't I, I don't have anything else to say on it other than that like how do you guys what do you guys think nah uh, yeah, I, I would say a pretty solid seven with all the, if you break down and analyze all the trauma based, just trauma, plus it's like citywide trauma on top of all of that. Oh man, yeah, that happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It just, it kind of feels like it's set up to be almost as like feel good comedy movie and then it just peppers in these just like traumatic scenes. Just then they stand out so clearly. The the mother killing them, the girlfriend talking about Christmas. Just those scenes just like completely stand out from the rest of the movie and it's just there's there's so stark in contrast to the comedy of the film that yeah, they they, they sit with you. Mm -hmm. Well and that, you know, I I'll call the viewers back to a lot of our previous movies that we've done. The Neverending Story, uh, The Rats of Nim, um, Stand by Me, um, even Labyrinth, they all have like these moments of like where the trauma that happens in them is so different from everything else that's going on. 
Um, it, that sometimes the stuff that happens almost doesn't even fit within the scope of what's going on in the movie. Mm-hmm. And, but that's that's why we end up with these lingering things. That's why we have this lingering trauma because that's what happens with real life trauma, right? Real life trauma is something that doesn't fit into the scope of your everyday life. Like when these things happen, there's something so outside of the norm that you are sort of permanently etched with it. Yeah, trauma is anything that you do not have the coping skills to deal with. Correct. And nobody, nobody had the coping skills to deal with gremlins, except for maybe Murray. Murray, Murray was the only one because he already believed in gremlins. <laughs> he just, just was shocked that gremlins were in his tractor. Yep, he couldn't believe they were in his American-made equipment. You know what? I bet, I bet Mr. Wing knew how to handle them. Uh, you think? He knew an awful lot about Mogwai. I bet Mr. Wing knew that, like, how to tell an evil Mogwai. He probably would have been like, that first one, kill it. <laughs> kill it now! Just, just kill it, and the rest of them will be okay. But if you don't kill this one, they're all gonna be evil. I, I mean... There's a lot of, like, I feel like the gremlins, and, and this will be the last thing I think I say on it, but I feel like there's a lot of groupthink that happens with the gremlins. Mm-hmm. With Stripe being the, kind of, the, the boss, like, the hive mind. And, like, he encourages throughout the movie. We don't see it in the clips that we showed, but throughout the movie, he really is the one who orchestrates sort of everything. He really kind of pushes everybody towards their ultimate goal, and they all just sort of follow along with his ideas, and they seem to just interact and do the things that they know he would want done and it's it's really almost hive mindy like i have a really horrible thought and that is so you're saying stripe is like kim jong-un from north korea good night everybody i mean i don't know that we can say that so i'm i'm gonna be very cautious and say no Say he's like, I will let my huh? I was gonna say next you're gonna say he's like a Winnie the Pooh leader of China. Wow! Wow! Now, oh, now you're banned in China. Well, we just we just got censored in China. I'm sure we already were. Let's be honest. Um. So I uh, but I I don't know. I mean I just feel like there. Everything is a top-down move with the Gremlins. I, I independently, I don't think any one of them is any more mischievous than you know an angry cat. But I think when they have a, male- a, a malicious leader at the top, they become intrinsically more violent and more dangerous. I don't really think they have morals, so they really don't know. Like, yeah, okay, you die, whatever. We left. <laughs> yeah, the one, the one killed that professor. Basically, as an act of revenge, because he felt like he was getting tortured by right. He felt tortured, so he responded in kind. But but Stripe just wanted to watch the world burn for the sake of it burning. Right. The other, if you look at some of the other gremlins, right, they just were kind of doing their own thing. Like when Stripe was mellowed out playing. Excuse me. When Stripe was mellowed out playing poker. They were all just having a good time because Spike was in Stripe. Stripe was enjoying himself. Mm-hmm. 
But as soon as he got angry, they were all angry. But as soon as he got angry, that's not. I mean, just theorizing. I don't. I don't know. Gremlins are made the fuck up. What? What? No. Like, real. Sorry. I mean, all what? those people sorry, in the movie. Did I spoil your childhood. All those people in the movie were not surprised by the Mogwai, so clearly they're real because nobody was really surprised that they existed. So and now we have Furbies. There you go. But do they breed when you get them wet? I mean, I've never owned a Furby because they terrify me. I never wanted I think to. They wake terrify up. me because I'm afraid they're going to turn into a fucking gremlin. <laughs> that's a that's a chia pet. You know what? I would love to see a chia pet in the shape of a gremlin. You know what? I would love to see a chia pet. They could probably custom build you one. Just, just saying, it would be funny. I would be. They've, they've had some interesting ones. So true. But, but anyway, you know, you get your uh, <laughs> right bed, bedroom buddy chia pet. The, no. The pet. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, I'm surprised a certain manufacturer doesn't have a gremlin toy on their on their website. Oh boy. But yeah, they you both know who I'm talking about. Genitalia. Huh? But they don't have genitalia. You think that would stop them? No, but that might be why that it hasn't been outrightly done yet <laughs> maybe i don't think so I, i'm just gonna say that certain things from a netflix show that's really popular don't have genitalia and they have a toy for that but the actual animal does have... what about james cameron cameron's avatar did they make them out out of them because they don't have them either no, no they do their genitalia just happens to be their little hair dongles. So they make one that looks like a hair dongle? But, well, I mean, they don't. As far as I know, they don't have one that looks like that. But I'm just saying, I own the other one. That's why I know that they have that particular. Even though that animal, that creature, doesn't have genitalia. You're confused. You don't know what I'm talking about. I can't say it. I'm, I mean, we're talking about Stranger Things, but. Oh, okay. There you go. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. If you enjoyed it, be sure to give us a follow. I also want to say, hey, use our suggestion box down below. Uh, please give us suggestions. We do like user suggestions. We uh, we tried to do one of our movies and a user-suggested movie, but we ran out of user-suggested movies because we haven't been getting any, so we've been doing our own. Next month, I think we were doing Goonies? Was that right? <laughs> Uh, who said that? What? What? I'm sorry. I, I didn't hear that. <laughs> no, no, I said, really, I didn't. I, no, I said last last Ferngully months ago, but oh, Ferngully. Oh, did you put it in the suggestion box? I'm pretty sure I did. I said last Ferngully. It's just Ferngully. Yeah, it's just Ferngully. The, the last, last rainforest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's in the if it's in the suggestion box, then yeah, we'll do it. I think it. I think it has a couple pretty traumatizing scenes in there. I mean, the Land Before Time did. Jesus, that movie was full of them. Yep. Is Ferngully in the suggestion box? Um, I'm trying to find the suggestion box. Nope. Last one is My Girl. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
Wah! Nope. See? Not there! Ha! Don't feel bad about not doing it now, do you? Got the last unicorn, check. Jurassic Park, check. check. Secret of Nim, check. The stuff. Which we skipped. Which, yeah, no. The Land Before Time and My Girl. We did all of those movies. The Land Before Time and My Girl. We did all of those movies. So, yeah. We did. See? See, 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 see? If you put it in the box, we will do it. I put it in the box. Great. Now I've got a fern goalie in my box. Yep. All right, guys, that's our show. Have a wonderful night. Thanks for coming out and joining us, Kai. Thanks for joining us and watching Thanks, the movie and Kai. doing a review with us. We had a lot of fun. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. We will see you all in a month. Yep, in the new year. Happy New Year. Happy holidays, everybody out there. Merry uh, Christmas. Happy New Year. Yes, all of that good jazz. Have a great one, guys. Bye. Wow, it would.